Welcome to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast where seeing things differently inspires limitless possibilities. The Limitless podcast was created in order to inform, educate, entertain, and share stories from within the blind and partially sighted community that show that the opportunities for those who are blind or partially sighted are truly limitless. And now, it is my pleasure to introduce you to your host, the founder of Blind Beginnings, Sean Marcelet. Welcome back to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. I'm your host, Sean Marcelet, and it's another episode during Blindness Awareness Month. Today, we are talking about blindness and how it can be a transformative experience. We're going to talk a little bit about how there's kind of this assumption that people who are blind want to be cured. Uh, and we just want to share a different perspective. So with me today, uh, as my co-hosts, I have Ishita and Jill. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Hello. Um, Ishita, this was your topic that you pitched to us. Do you want to maybe explain why you wanted to talk about this? Yeah. So I think I've had a few conversations about it um, recently, which is, I think, what prompted me to pitch it because I wanted to get everyone's perspective on it but it's been prevalent a lot throughout my life since I started losing my vision of this discussion of wanting to kind of go back to normal quote-unquote um like I'll have people just say like oh when there's a cure like it'll be so great when you can see properly again and um that kind of thing has just kind of always been said to me so I thought a lot of people don't share that idea, especially within the blindness community. So I thought it would be a nice discussion to have, especially during this month, because, yeah, not a lot of us feel that way about our blindness because it can give us so much, like so many positive things in our lives. And I can say the same for myself. So, yeah, I just thought it'd be a really nice discussion to have with you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, and Jill, why did you want to join this conversation? Yeah, I think it's quite similar uh, to Ishita. I've had so many people just say like, because I also went from low vision to totally blind. So that's a rather drastic change. And plus it was in a really short amount of time, like six months ish. Mm -hmm. So I've had like family included, but I've had so many people like both family, friends, strangers, random people like ask me if I like, you know, would you get your sight back? Like as soon as there's a cure, you'll be fine on and on and on. And I'm like, well, like, yeah, be it just the way they go about it is so harsh and abrupt sometimes that it just kind of really fires me up sometimes. So I just wanted to kind of throw in my two cents about it because mm-hmm. of just the way people react so drastically to like blindness, right? So yeah, yeah, it kind of feels a little bit like you're not okay the way you are, you'll be better mm-hmm. when you're sighted or you can't possibly be enjoying your life now. But when one day when there's a cure, it'll be, it'll be good mm-hmm. again. So there's sort of an assumption that blindness equals terrible, awful life and <laughs> yeah. sight, sighted <laughs> equals wonderful, amazing life, which not always, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I th- thought it might be helpful to kind of mention that there are a couple different models of disability. And I think we commonly think of the medical model of disability that basically there is something broken that needs to be fixed. So people with disabilities, um, the goal is to make them able-bodied people who are blind. The goal is to make them sighted. So 
We need to be fixed. That's the medical model. So this medical model kind of puts the burden on the person with the disability as having the problem. So if I, you know, if I enter a restaurant and I'm blind and I can't read the menu, that's my problem, you know, because I can't read, I can't, because I can't see, I can't read. So I'm the one with the problem versus the social model where if the world was designed with people with disabilities in mind and accommodations were made, then we wouldn't really feel very disabled. So if I enter that same restaurant and they see that I'm blind and they just offer me the braille menu when I sit down and I don't have to ask for it and there's no big deal about it, it's just, here's your menu, then I don't really feel like I have a disability. And it puts the responsibility on society to make the world accessible for people with disabilities. So it's interesting, right? Because your perspective changes, like how you view disability. If the world is designed in a way that accepts people with disabilities or or welcomes them, then we don't feel so disabled. And then maybe we don't need to be fixed. It's just the environment that needs to be fixed. But I'm talking a lot here. So what do you guys <laughs> think? <laughs> is there a difference in different cultures? Um, what's your experience? Do most people seem to have a medical model of disability in their interactions with you? What are your thoughts? I've definitely noticed like medical models so much more. Um, just cause like you know, kind of what we said before, like everyone, they just want to fix you. You know, it sounds super weird, but it's kind of true, right? Like they mm-hmm. just like p- people just think that if we had our side back, that life would be 100%. It'd be great. You know, no problems. And that blindness is just this big, horrible scary thing like the amount of people who have told me that like what have they said they said if I if I went blind I couldn't like I couldn't live or I couldn't imagine what it would like to be blind I, I don't think I could do it yeah I'm like well I didn't have a choice so here we are um <laughs> so it definitely I've seen the medical model most of the time it like with the social model I get actually quite surprised when I experience something like that even if it's just like you know like a, a waitress in a restaurant or a waiter in a restaurant just like let me know how I can help you it's like mm-hmm. what you're not grabbing my arm and you're not shoving me towards a chair and you're not freaking out about my guide dog like you know what I mean they just mm-hmm. leave it up to you to what kind of help you need and up to you to ask for it and just like the little things social model wise are rare but wonderful when they happen um but I wish you know I wish it was more prevalent and I wish we saw that more day to day but yeah, I think it's very similar to Jill. And one thing I find very odd and I've never been able to understand is I face most discrimination in medical offices. Um, when I go to like my ophthalmologist or something, um, and these are the people who should have the most comprehensive understanding of my condition. Um, they're usually a lot more harsh and the assumption is that I can't do anything for myself is most present in their offices, which is so odd to me. Um, So yeah, a lot of the times it is dictated by the medical model. Um, When we talk about cultures, I think we've touched on it in like quite a few other episodes in the past, but um, in a lot of cultures, the idea is inherently that when you have a disability, there is something wrong with you. And the goal is, end goal is to quote unquote fix you. 
So I think, yeah, coming from like an ethnic background, a lot of people have just said to my face that you need to be fixed. Um, you need to, you know, it's okay. Like, oh my God, like you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll pray for you. We'll do all these things and you'll be fine one day. And it's like, it's that inherent ins- assumption that I'm not okay, even though I'm, I think I'm, my life is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of a lot of components into it. Definitely more of the medical model being present in my everyday life. But when it is more of a kind of, you know, what what do you need? Um, I'm here to help you. Kind of social model and not seeing me as just my blindness. That's very refreshing. And yeah, it's a lot more in I would say um, areas where a lot of different kinds of people are present and people have more interactions with persons with disabilities. Yeah. I just like the recognition of like the environment is not accessible versus there's something wrong with you disabled person. Um, and this, so it's not going to work for you, right? Like if there's not a ramp to get into a building, then it's the building that's broken here. That's the building Mm -hmm. that has the problem. It's not the person who can't use the stairs who has the, like, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it really shifts the whole perspective what about that whole praying for you business <laughs> <laughs> oh, the amount of times I've had people do that like random people I have never met in my life like on the bus or the tr- like sky train or something mm-hmm. like I just remember I was with like a whole group of blind friends I think actually we were going to the blind beginnings office and um there was probably like five or six of us and like this super random person none of us knew came up and like can we like just ask if we can or they can pray for us for like mm. <laughs> like no it's cool um but then they proceeded to physically touch every single one of us and start praying for us anyways uh. and like I'm like get off me like I don't know who you are go pr- if you want to pray for me fine but go do it over there like, you don't need to touch me mm-hmm. like don't touch me kind of thing so I just I was so blown away by that and I've had it happen a few like other times I'm like one why do you always feel the need to touch me when you pray for me but why do you feel the need to pray for me in the first place? Like you can see that I'm a independent, capable person taking mm-hmm. this train by myself or with my friends or whatever. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm clearly doing all right. So like, just no, go away basically. <laughs> but yes. yeah, I, I understand the sentiment. Um, I've grown up around that a lot um, by family, by people, because I am a part of a religion. So it's, like, I get the sentiment. It kind of goes back to the wanting to help you, wanting to, like, do something to make a difference kind of thing. But, yeah, I think people just don't realize it's the idea that we, like, you're putting it onto us that we can't do anything. And it's always at the most inconvenient time, and I add, like Bill said, on the bus, um, when I'm crossing the street, quite literally, um, you know, pull me aside and be like, oh, or, like, I get followed sometimes. It's like, I don't see the if this is meant to be reassuring it's absolutely not so um yeah like and I don't mind having a conversation about it like if they want to ask me like why like like if they're kind about it I have no problem just if I'm not busy just telling them my point of view that I don't see it in the way that it needs to be fixed um I don't believe it's something that like well first of all there's no cure second of all it's like it would change my life a lot and that would be very inconvenient for me um if my vision just like totally fine the next day it's like that's not how it works it's like if you can imagine your vision going away in one day and how disorienting that would be it would be the same thing if my vision just came back Mm -hmm. so like just stuff like that it's like 
Uh, I we understand the sentiment. I think a lot of the time, but yes, the way that it, people tend to go about it is very aggressive. It's very um, demeaning in many ways. So we tend not to appreciate that a lot of the times. I find it offensive. I feel like mm-hmm. they're saying you're not okay the way you are, and it you know I will pray that you will be come better <laughs> yeah because like, if I was okay the way I was then why you know and you don't know me like you're just making this assumption based on one quality maybe I am miserable and I really do need you to pray for me but maybe I I'm not at all I'm very happy with my life right like you just you're just making a lot of assumptions based on one quality so yeah, yeah it, I don't like it I really don't <laughs> like it yeah. And I don't know, maybe also like take a moment and think, how would you feel if somebody just randomly, a stranger said to you, I will pray for you? Like, yeah. like based on whatever, the fact that you're wearing a blue coat or the fact that I don't know, like any quality that, you know, it's just like, how would that make you feel? And think about that. Just think about mm-hmm. it. Okay. I'm getting a little <laughs> riled up here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's like if someone said that about your skin color you know like let me pray for you because you are yes uh and it's like that i think immediately people would be like that is so unacceptable right um because we've made strides when it comes to social acceptance and that stuff that's great love that um but it's like we also have that for disability because it's to me the same thing being blind is just Mm -hmm. as much as my identity as being like an indian woman so it's like why totally. is that acceptable so yeah i just think maybe thinking about it in that perspective really yeah would help people understand it is so- the same i feel like it is or or I'm, i'll pray for you because you're gay or i'll pray you know like anything where you're like forcing a change on to somebody to to fit some uh racist ableist sexist system right like yeah it's like I don't know. Yeah. No, not okay. Don't do that. No more, no more praying for us, please. Unless we <laughs> well, ask for it. <laughs> and it's funny. Cause like what we've been saying is like, they, they are assuming that our lives aren't good or, mm-hmm. you know, we're not happy with the way we are. Like yeah. I'm very happy with my life. I, you know, like I went fully blind rather quickly and I adapted and adjusted to that very well. And I'm so incredibly proud of that, that I, and I would not like, I would never have had that like self pride. Is that the right phrase? Um, If I was, you know, sighted or low vision, like I was before. And like, I've done a lot of really cool things in the Mm -hmm. what 12 ish years since I've been fully blind. Like I moved to the lower mainland all by myself and live independently fully on my own. I, you know, like have a really cool guide dog who's currently cuddled up in my lap. Um, I like, you know, like I'm a competitive swimmer, like all these things I probably would have had in, you know, in certain ways or different ways being low vision or sighted, mm-hmm. but I just, I don't think like the opportunities that we get are uncomparable to like, if we were low vision or sighted, I, I believe that. Yes. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. I'm really like my life. Like I'm, it's cool. I'm good. <laughs> don't worry right. that I'm just cause I'm blind. I hate it. My life. Right. Like, no. I have a really good life and I'm really proud of everything that I've accomplished so far. So like, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let's talk about our loved ones, uh, wanting us to be fixed. This is, this is a tough one for me. Um, cause I think that even uh, not that long ago, my mom made a comment about 
if, if she had all, I don't know, it was like this visioning exercise. We were at this event and somebody said, if you had all the money in the world, you know, like what, what would you want to see? And she said something about curing blindness Mm. and it kind of really caught me off guard at the time. I was just like, Oh, ouch. Like cure, like cure me. Like I'm not Mm -hmm. okay. You know, that's how I interpreted it. Um, I asked her about it later and she said, well, no, I just wish your life was easier because Mm. yeah, living with a disability does mean that there are some, you know, we can't take the same things for granted that sighted Mm -hmm. folks can, right. I'm not going to be able to just jump in my car and drive to work. I have to navigate Mm -hmm. a different way, but there is another way. Like, yes, there are things that take a few more steps or require a different skill set or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And sometimes it is hard. So I get it. Uh, but the way it kind of came out was still a bit hurtful. I was like, oh, you want to cure blindness? Like erase blindness? <laughs> like, yeah. What does that mean? Erase me? And would I be the person that I am if I wasn't blind? It really had an impact. Have yeah. you guys had similar comments made by family or loved ones? My family isn't as like blunt about it, I guess. Um, they're definitely more like whenever, cause I have to get, still get like eye checkups every six months. Um, and like when I tell my mom or my stepdad, like how it went, they're like, so there's still nothing they can do. Mm. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, they're like, well, your other doctor said that you might be able to see in your lifetime. Like, why isn't there any advancements yet? I'm like, first of all, mine's, my situation is very complicated <laughs> to start with, but also, like, just because one person said that doesn't mean it's true. And it doesn't, like, necessarily mean that I, you know, I'm going to jump on any opportunity. I don't want, like, being blunt, I don't want to be a guinea pig for some kind of, quote unquote, mm-hmm. cure of my vision loss, right? Like, no, that freaks me out. And, like, I remember when I first, um, like, lost my remaining vision, my parents are like, we'll go anywhere in the world we have to to make, to try and say what vision you have left if there's a cure, we'll, we'll fly you anywhere. Like, we'll go to Switzerland. Like, they just went all, like, right. all out with it. And I'm like, or how about that would be my choice? And how about I don't want to be a guinea pig? And how about instead of, like, tr- trying to focus on how to fix it, we can actually focus on think how to learn how to, like, to adapt yeah. like, to it, right? So that was the biggest one, that my, the way that my parents reacted. And I know that they mean well and they don't want me to have, like, quote-unquote hard life and like, yeah, it was a pretty drastic change. And so I get where they're coming from, but it's just like, they were almost speaking for me instead of asking me what I wanted to do about it. Right. So I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was 15 at the time. So I was old enough to decide. And like, even just my, like a lot of my grandparents, um, previously, they like, they kind of do the same thing where they're like, well, this doctor, I, I saw this on the news about this eye condition cure or this like stem cell <laughs> therapy. I'm like, I don't know what that is. Like, that's not. Right. So I just, they're all, again, just trying yeah. to fix it, the medical thing. Right. So. Yeah. I totally, I get those emails like doctor in Switzerland did this. And I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, what does that do with me? Um, but yeah, I think I, I get it quite a bit. Um, I think for the family members and friends who see me, like physically see me doing everything and are quite involved in my life, I don't get it a lot from them. Um, maybe like a passing comment where it's like, oh, if I had one wish, I would wish for that. And I'm like, oh, well, we were having a great day. Why'd you have to bring that up? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the, any of the family members or friends who are more detached and don't, aren't asking me about my everyday life, don't see what I'm doing, aren't like 
as invested in me as a person. Um, I got it a lot from them where it's like one day, you know, um, it'll happen. We'll, we'll fix it. There's a lot of research. There's a lot of that. And I'm like, cool. Okay, great. It'll be my decision. Um, if any of that happens, it's years away. Like Jill said, I absolutely would not want to be in the testing phases of that thing. It would be a well-established thing, if, even if I were to consider it. And it's not something that's just an easy no-brainer, which is, I think, everyone thinks. Mm-hmm. Um, it may be also because I'm partially sighted, um, where I kind of have half of my vision. And I don't have half. So they're like, why not just complete it and get back the thing you know you don't have? Um, versus I think, the, I think the adjustment would be a lot easier for me versus coming from quite a bit of less vision to going back to like almost full vision or something like that. So I've had those conversations where I'm like, it won't just impact like, oh, great, I can read a book now. It's like, I'm going to have to adjust to a lot of things, um, small things that I'm so used to now because it's been like over 10 years, 10 plus years. Um, Yeah, the adjustment won't be easy. Um, Maybe it's a no-brainer to everyone else, but it's like, no, you know, or like when I get someone saying like, oh, your doctor said you'll have vision. That's so cool. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. Like, you know, like the changes when it comes to medical procedures and getting it fixed are so drastic versus if you are losing it naturally or if you're losing it because of a condition, it tends to be a bit more um, gradual and you have the ability to adjust. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, there's the other side of that where like, what if the, you know, procedure or surgery doesn't work? Then yeah. there's just that whole level of like, you know, you get your hopes up maybe and like maybe secretly you do want some of that sight back and it doesn't work and then you're just disappointed and then everyone's like freaking out and it, like it just, there's so many, like issues been saying it's not that simple. It's not going to be like the next day you can see again and, you know, just go yeah. at it. Like there's so much adjusting whether it's it's successful or not, even if that's something you chose, right? Yeah. I'm just curious, like how often do you guys even think about a cure? Cause I only think about it when somebody sends me one of those emails or, mm-hmm. you know, it, yeah. Or some, somebody makes a comment. I also, honestly don't not, I do not sit around thinking about the day when I might be cited. First of all, I don't believe that's going to happen, but so I don't know, like, do you even think about this? No, not until it's prompted for sure. Like, yeah. I don't right. know if people assume we have a lot going on in our lives. We're yes. Like, people. do people actually think we sit around pining for our site? Like, because yeah. it's the top of mind for them, but honestly, it's not for me at all. And like, for me, I, I kind of think about it in like the sense of, you know, like, like I said before, I have to go for like um, eye checkups every six months. And I'm like, huh, I wonder what that would be like. Like, I, I have, it's a very brief, like, passing thought. Mm-hmm. But it's also different in my case where I went from very, okay, I was considered low vision, but very, I had a, quite a bit of sight where I didn't need a cane or a dog or like a screen reader or anything. So I went to like literally nothing, like no vision at all. So it was quite drastic. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I definitely miss parts of that, right? Like I, you know, I wish I could see colors or, you yeah. know, that would have been really cool if I didn't, you know, take the wrong door and get lost down this big ass hallway. Like um, it would have been like certain things like that. I like, it will kind of prompt me to think about like, uh, but that would be nice, but it's more like a brief, oh, I kind of miss that. Not, I would do anything to get my sight back. It was it's definitely a brief, oh, that might've been a little easier if I had some vision or I kind of miss seeing that, but it's yeah. definitely not an everyday thing for sure. Oh, I, I definitely have like feeling sorry for me moments or blindness sucks mm-hmm. moments, 
definitely bumping into something, getting hurt, like whatever, right? Or just being yeah. excluded or finding out your friend didn't say hi to you when they were walking by or I don't know, moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's not, I don't, it does not translate to, oh, I hope there'll be a cure someday. Like mm-hmm. I, that's not my next thought. It's just kind of like, yeah, sometimes it sucks. Yeah. And then I move on. It, it's just interesting. <laughs> well, let's talk, Jill, you mentioned a little bit earlier about how you wouldn't have had some of the experiences that you've had if it wasn't for your blindness. Uh, I definitely agree with that. Um, I, well, I mean, look at me. I've created this whole nonprofit around (laughs) (laughs) trying to empower blind children and Mm -hmm. um, educate people. And this whole podcast is really about that too, right? It's like trying to um, alleviate those misconceptions about blindness and showcase the capabilities. And my whole career, my whole (laughs) reason for being feels like it would not exist if I wasn't blind. So I don't even know who I'd be or what I would be doing. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. Like I, you know, like before I lost my study, like I remember people asking like, where do you want to live? Or like, what do you want to do when you, you know, graduate high school or whatever? I'm like, I remember back then I wanted to be a photographer, which is wild to me now. Mm. Um, But like, I also don't think I would have moved to a bigger city because I like, you know, I I could get around just fine back home and I had everything I needed there. But when I lost my sight, I, um, I didn't like, I wanted to be in a place that was a little bit more accessible as in like transit and like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't think I ever, well, I shouldn't say ever, but I, I don't think I would have moved so far away or to a, such a big city necessarily. Right. Um, but even like, like university, like my bachelor's degree, I'm almost done a master's degree back when I was cited. I hated school with like a burning passion. I would not have gone, I would have maybe gone for a degree, but it would have been a really, really big struggle, let alone, and like my career path now is so different because I hate, like I'm going into book publishing and I hated reading back then mm-hmm. um, because it was such a strain on my, like on my eyes and the vision that I had. So like my, this whole like literally life direction with moving to a big city and university and specific degrees are all based off of things that I've, like loved and learned how like learned after losing my sight right yeah and even like the competitive swimming aspect like I never like growing up I never had the opportunity to swim at a swim club um or swim with a swim club we had one just wasn't my thing at the time but I fell in love with swimming when I like lost my vision and like now I'm competing regionally like it's pretty cool right um so like there's so many things like that where like just thinking about how different my life like did end up compared to what you know what I thought my life would be like back then it kind of just makes me laugh because I definitely definitely like my life a lot and I like the direction it's going and like who knows what would have happened if I was still sighted um yeah it's just such a like just an interesting thought process to see like to think of what that would be like so yeah I think even aside from my accomplishments I think I wouldn't be the person I am without my blindness because when I think of the stuff that a lot of people seem to appreciate that I have patience, empathy, um, caringness, like all these things, I'm like, a lot of it came from growing up blind and being, I don't know, maybe I would have been a total jerk (laughs) if I were, (laughs) but it's like, I I feel like it, it taught me so much. Like it gave me, yes, a lot of um, 
sometimes negative experiences with like, you know, bullying and exclusion and, and that kind of stuff. But it's like, it really built my character a whole lot. And I am quite proud of the person I am, if I could, if I could say that. But it's like, it's so, it, it just upsets me when someone's like, um, yes, like, oh my God, I wish like one day we could, I don't know, go stare at the sun or something. Like if you want to do that, go see a beautiful scenery or something. It's like, to me, that's not worth trading who I am because I truly think that it impacted me so deeply that it really just resonates throughout everything I've done and who I am today. So when I kind of put it like that, it's like, would you rather you have someone who's sighted, but you don't have the connection you do with me? Um, Mm -hmm. Kind of like that kind of question. And then that makes them think like, oh, actually, (laughs) no, I'd rather have you here. It's like, yeah, good. That was what I was hoping you would say. (laughs) Um, But it's like, yeah, it's, it's so... It's so when it comes to that point, it's like it's so I don't see like I, I still understand their their idea of what they're trying to say, but just it's it's don't just don't do that. <laughs> That's really what I would say. Cause it's so harmful to me at the end of the day of saying like I would rather just so you can see something. It's like blindness tends to bring me a lot closer to a lot of people. Like I wouldn't be on this podcast, I wouldn't be part of blind beginnings, I wouldn't be a part of like a lot of the things I've done if I didn't have it. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and even like, um, kind of building off of that issue, like it gives, I don't like, sorry, back then I was a lot more quiet and shy, which is surprising. Um, but like, it, like my blindness has made me a very like, um, strong-willed, like good at advocating for myself, sticking up for myself. Like mm-hmm. I never would have had that same kind of outcome of my personality if I didn't have a visual impairment. Because, like, so much of, like, our day-to-day is having to, you know, explain how we can do something or, like, like advocating for, like, what we need, our accommodations, etc. Um, and I definitely know that, that I gained those skills um, because of my visual impairment. And I, like, I am really, again, really proud that I can advocate well for myself. And, like, I, I clearly know what my accommodations need to be and how to adapt to things. And I never would have had those same things if I was um, like low vision or sighted for like before. So that's another really big thing that I'm really happy that I am visually impaired for that exact reason. Yeah, I agree. I feel like the, the empathy is a big one. I think when you have been excluded um, or I don't just, yeah, I think of some of the things that have been hard in my life that are hard, that were hard because of my blindness, but I can also relate to other people who might be experiencing something similar for a different reason. Right. So as a counselor, especially I, I, so often somebody will be talking about, uh, I don't know, a, a scenario that they're struggling with or a feeling that they had about a thing that has nothing to do with blindness. And I can relate it to something I've experienced because of blindness. So And I, and I instantly understand how that experience felt for them and where they are. So like you can make deeper connections with people because of the lived experience of a disability, I feel like, which is pretty great. Um, I mean, on a more sort of superficial level, I also feel that I am, I, I, because I experience the world differently, like in my friend group, in an environment where I am the only person who's blind, I have a unique perspective. I think often I am 
more interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Not, I'm not necessarily more interesting, but I think I have this thing that people are interested in because they don't Mm -hmm. know about it. So immediately there's this thing that makes me a little bit special. Um, Sort of, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Phew. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to explain, but yeah, I get what you mean by like, it does, it makes you like, I'm going to say stand out a little bit, but like not, not in a bad way. Yeah. Right. And then, yeah. People remember you. They're more, Mm -hmm. they're more likely to remember you because you're the blind one. Um, Uh, Yeah. And like some people really don't like that, but like, I've never had that become a bad experience. mm -hmm. Right. Like I like I worked at like um the Safeway in my hometown for like three years I think and I like I don't live there anymore but I still get to this day oh you were the girl like the blind girl who worked at Safeway we love coming through your till right I'm like <laughs> oh my god okay cool like how do you remember me like years later but that's really totally. cool right yes. so I, I like it for those kind of experiences where people just like. I remember you, like, it was so good to talk to you back at that event or whatever. And mm-hmm. you just make it, I don't know, make, cause it's kind of like a networking thing in a way, for me at least. It kind of helps with that too. The real pain sometimes I feel is when it's like you're saying, when someone's like to fix you kind of thing, um, it's just, it's disheartening. And the fact that you, especially if you know me, it's like you've seen everything I've done, you've seen everything I've been through. Um, why would you want another person <laughs> present in front of you? Yeah, I think it's like it's it's kind of discounting everything that. Um, and it's not that I've been through like so many hardships or anything. It's just like every single experience I think builds a person, no matter what it is. So when you're when someone's saying to me that like, oh, I just wish this, I just wish this, it's like saying, oh, well, you know, I just wish that you had um, blue eyes instead of brown eyes. Like, I just wish we could change that. It's like you know, I don't see why that would change your overall perception of another person. Um, because if you love them, you love them for everything about them. Right. So yeah, yeah. it's just a little bit of disheartening when I hear that sometimes. Well, and I don't think people understand that there, you can't, you couldn't change. You couldn't just like give us our vision back without changing us completely. So it's not when you're saying like, I, I just wish you could be cited you're kind of also saying, well, maybe you're not saying it, but it means you wish we were completely different because if we were sighted, we would be completely different. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have the experience, right? We wouldn't, I wouldn't be the same person yeah. if I was sighted. I, yeah, I can't even imagine it. I'm curious, definitely curious, curious about what some things look like. I'm curious about what choices I would make if I could Cited see- for a day. Yeah, that would be fantastic. <laughs> yes, actually, I think we're going to be, oh, I can't remember. I think that's the topic for later this month is, Ooh, is talking to a bunch of us about what would you do if you could see for a day? Mm-hmm. If it was that simple that I could just flip a switch and be sighted for a day and maybe a week, you know, probably want to travel <laughs> the world true. and see as much as I could, but look through a lot of photo albums from my childhood, be like, is yeah. that what he looked like? Ooh. <laughs> 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 well, part of me thinks a lot of this comes from like those random Facebook videos of like a kid getting their vision back and like the background music so inspiring, <laughs> and amazing experience. And like, that's, kind of maybe the assumption people have like oh my god it's going to be so great 
-hmm. It's like, well, we don't even follow up. We never see what happens with the person. We never see if like, you know, being overwhelmed, going through a lot of emotions is a real thing. Right. And when I bring that up, they're like, you didn't have to bring it down. I'm like, no, that's just reality. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it's like they're trying to play at your heartstrings. So why not think a little bit like critically about how it would realistically be, especially if you're genuinely proposing the idea to me. Right. So it's like partly when I see those videos, I'm like, oh, come on, not again. <laughs> Why is this here? So, yeah, yeah. totally. Maybe, uh, Jill, you mentioned earlier about kind of the idea of just getting back what you had lost versus getting all your vision back. And I, I definitely think that too, because I have a degenerative eye condition. So when I was a kid, I was maybe closer to 10% vision. And now I think, oh, if I could just have some of that back, like just go back to being able to read print, being able to, um, yeah, just, you know, see some things, some color a little bit. Like it wasn't a lot, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would be, it would, it would make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Um, it would make my life a little bit easier and, but it would just be going back to what it was, which was still like less than 10%. It was still not a lot. Right. But yeah. I don't know, Ishita, do, how do you, like, I don't know if you even know how much you had before you didn't have. <laughs> that's yeah. not a good question. But. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> so I, from what I remember, I was twenty twenty until I was seven. So I feel like you should have memories by the time you're seven, but I kind of don't remember anything of like being able to see properly. Like, I knew I used to read books and everything, but I have no memory of that. So I don't know what happened to my brain, but um, I'm kind of in that stage where we're talking about that less than 10% and like being able to see stuff. So it's like, yeah, I can see quite a few things. Like I can see what's around me. I just can't see the details. So it's like, I'm missing out on the details that people tend to focus on. Like things are so beautiful when you can see it in detail. Um yeah, maybe I don't get that. And maybe I won't ever get that. Um, But that's, that's the thing, right? It's like, I, to me, it's not something that I'm missing out on. Because it's like, if I want to see something in great detail, I'd rather, I like it when people describe something to me, because everyone has a different perception of whatever the thing is. It could be the exact same object, but people will describe it in different ways, because they notice different things about it. So I think when I get that kind of description, I get a lot more detail than just a regular person would, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So the stuff that I've kind of gotten used to and, you know, maybe start off as a necessity, but it's just how I live my life now. It's like I quite enjoy that because it gives you a deeper connection to another person. Um, Yeah, like there are some moments where it's like you're frustrated because you have to leave like half an hour early for a bus rather than just driving there. Um, but it's like, you know, I think as we're getting, we're kind of moving through society, things are changing, things are becoming more accessible. Um, things are just going to get hopefully more and more easier for us. So we won't feel like we're having those frustrating days and things being more like upsetting than not. Cause I can imagine when it wasn't like that at all, especially kind of when you go through the history of disability in every, like almost every country out there, um, it was treated just so horribly and advancements in trying to make them integrate into society was really rejected so it's like you know we're coming a long way from there but um yeah like i just kind of want to reiterate that my blindness brings a lot to the table for me 
and I would not change that even if it means I could see like blue maybe a little bit or the sky a little bit more clear or something it's like I don't think I'm missing out on too much frankly yeah I I agree I think when I think about um a little bit more vision it's not about the vision it's not actually about seeing things usually for me it's about function so oh. when I think about like it was a struggle to read and now I use a screen reader and I can read faster than most sighted folks, right? <laughs> like I can, and I can read longer because there's no mm -hmm. eye strain for me. I can just sit back and listen or audiobooks. I, I, I was so scared when I was a kid that I wouldn't be able to read one day because I loved mm -hmm. books so much, but now I just listen to them and I can listen to more. I can, mm -hmm. I can like consume more books. <laughs> with odd, you know, an audio book versus having to struggle with my vision. Um, even like something like Uber that didn't exist when I was younger. Right. Like, like that gives me the freedom to take, to have a ride somewhere and it's not yeah. that expensive. And so, yeah. And, and accessible transit and buses that announce their destiny, like so many things that exist now that didn't when I was younger, so once those things are in place, that's the whole social model of a disability. I don't actually feel like mm -hmm. I have a disability, right? Because I can do all the things. I can function in society. It's only when, yeah, there's a there's something that I can't do that I remember or that I feel mm -hmm. disabled. And me, like, again, because I went from very sighted, relatively speaking, as an old version person, um, to totally blind. Like, if I were to have a bit more vision back, mine would be very... Um, very um, for the functional things like I would like to be able to see if the lights on in my house or not right because mm -hmm. like I turned on from my dog because they still have for <laughs> she's working eyeballs and needs the light but I tend to forget that I turned on for her and then someone's like why is your light on I'm like oh how long has that been on for or like <laughs> you know like if I bought I don't know like just to know what if I bought a new shirt and I couldn't remember quite what color it was mm -hmm. and like color identifiers aren't always the most accurate and every person I ask gives me a different color and then I get confused. Yeah. So like for the more functional things like that um, or even just seeing like, okay, is it raining outside or like, you know, what's the, what's the weather like? So I don't have to go outside to check. I can just look out the window. Like those kind of things I would, I would enjoy. And I think it would just be, a little bit easier but like you guys have been saying there's so many ways especially now with all the technology and like screen readers and all of that there's so many quick easy fast ways to figure those things out that mm -hmm. it's like like yeah it'd be nice if I could actually just look up and see if my light's on but I also have so many like ways to figure that out now like yeah. it's be the same as getting up and checking lights which like it's not that big a deal yeah. like they'd all just be small kind of unnecessary details that I would like but it's also just there's so many ways to figure it out especially today in our society now so it's not really a big deal anymore as much as it might have been for you know as much as I may want my site back let's say like well 10 years ago like a couple of years into it like I would have loved it then but now it's like yeah I can just use my phone and figure it out right so mm -hmm. even the the beauty of things like I don't Again, I don't sit around thinking about, oh, sure would be nice to see a rainbow or a sunset <laughs> or <laughs> a constellation. And, or, like, and like, I miss those things because I could see them. So I'm like, oh, that, rainbows are really cool. But I, like, also, like, there's the weird balance of like, I could never see the stars. So I don't really care. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm like in the weird middle ground where like I do miss seeing certain things beauty wise like that. And even just seeing like, you know, like my sister just got engaged and we're going wedding dress shopping and like I right. would like just be able to look at her wedding dress instead of having to like feel it. Yeah. And because sometimes that can be a little weird. Um, <laughs> so, so like it's hard. I think the like physically like looking at something just beauty wise for the sake of seeing it obviously really depends on the person's situation too. But there's for also sure. just some things I could care less if I could see it or not. And well, some things and I in, do miss seeing. So. In the moment, I do. Like, yeah, if mm-hmm. I was wedding dress shopping, I would be like, this is hard. Like, I want to mm-hmm. be able to see. But I don't sit around my house, like, thinking about all the things. Like, I, yeah. I don't know, you know, kind of that. If I'm out in a situation and there's something beautiful and everyone's talking about it, of course I feel a moment of like, oh, I wish I could see that. Like, I wish I knew what they were talking about, or I wish someone would describe it to me. But, but on a daily basis, do I sit around like making a list in my head of all the things I wish I could see? No, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) We got our life. We have stuff going on. We don't, it's not like we're just going to sit in the corner like, Oh, write down like, Ooh, what? I wonder what the sky looks like today. Like, no, <laughs> we're just moving on. <laughs> we got life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. I think we move on a lot faster than a lot of other people do. Like, they'll, they'll, they'll drag it out and be like, oh, oh my God. Like, I'm so sorry. It's like, I moved on like 10 seconds ago and thinking what I'm going to have for dinner. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, not, uh, <laughs> I love I'm when not. people say, I'm sorry. I'm like, well, cool. I'm not. <laughs> they get so shocked when I say that. I'm like, well, I don't have a choice in it. And I'm like, I'm going to make the best of it. And I'm not going to sit there and feel sorry for myself when I like, you know, it, it's, I've found so many ways to adapt. It's cool. Like, it's really mm-hmm. not anything to be sorry about. Yeah, you're right. Like there have been instances where like someone's showing something on the computer. It's like, and they're laughing. It's like, well, I can't do that. Okay. Well, but I found that a like a, a real good friend who would really want me to be involved would just turn around and say, oh, it's a, it's a photo of this. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's just as funny when it's described yeah. as seeing it right if the person is good at describing it you're yes. still involved in the moment you still get the mm-hmm. joke you still are part of it so yeah. yeah we can understand context we can understand like a lot of things if it's like a ref- reference to something it's like we get that and it doesn't need to be an inherently visual experience just because that's how sighted people see it yeah. So I think that's we, the thing. Think about we have how, four other senses to work, work yeah. with, right? <laughs> we got a lot going on. So just like, yeah. just don't don't hesitate to also be a little bit creative or like just trying to, you know, sometimes it does go a bit over and it's like, it's okay, I'd rather not if you're really struggling to, <laughs> yeah, to, right. to try something. But yeah, just like it doesn't take too much. And I think knowing the person more than anything really helps break down that boundary. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, well, thanks, you guys. I, th- I hope that this has shifted people's perceptions and, and maybe they'll think the next time they wish a cure for us or pray for us to be sighted or <laughs> any of the any number of those things. Um, we're, we're OK and we appreciate we do appreciate like I get it. It's well-meaning. It's coming from a good place. And people are generally thinking, well, if I was blind, I sure wouldn't want to be so they're kind of making an assumption that we also would prefer not to be, but mm-hmm. it's not that it's not that simple. It's pretty complicated. I was just going to say, there are moments to flip it on your on head. There are moments where I, I think people would rather not be cited when there's something like kind of like oh, roadkill on the road. 
right um it's like i don't need to see that i don't you know i'm good like i didn't ruin my appetite because i couldn't even notice what the heck was happening so like i think it's it can go both ways so if that's what i tend to kind of give someone mm-hmm. if they say it to me it's like well you saw that earlier and i'm glad i didn't so that's so um, true the majority of us live happy, successful, fulfilling lives, blind, low vision, sighted. Like we're just, we're good. We're, we're all right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that comment of, if I was blind, I don't think I could do it. Yes, you could, because you yeah. wouldn't have a choice and you would figure it out just like we have. So, and humans are a lot more adaptable than we give ourselves credit for. Totally. Aw, thanks both of you for being here and and having this conversation with me. It's been great. Yes. Thank you. You've been listening to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. If you have a question, a comment, a future topic request, please send us an email to limitless at blindbeginnings.ca. Please share our podcast, like, subscribe, leave us a rating, and join us next time. This podcast has been brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada, that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted, along with their families. Music for this podcast is composed by Sean Bishop and Clement Chow. Production and audio editing by Rob Minot. For more information about Blind Beginnings and the work it does to support children and youth who are blind and partially sighted, along with their families, visit us on the web at www.blindbeginnings.ca. And also remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We thank you for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you next time.